I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bonantoni with you for the next hour, live from Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. And I wish you guys could have heard the countdown from my producer getting set for the show today. She said, three, two, one, blast off, blast off. And that's what we're going to do, blast off and have a ton of fun. On the show today, as we always do, my guys are not just my guys today. My guys and a gal, Ariel Epstein, is going to join us in just a little bit to talk about the World Series, a little Thursday night football prop action. We're also going to have Jeff Schwartz on once again to talk all things NFL and get his take on the Oregon Ducks. He's an alum, and uh, I, I got to know how he feels about these guys because I feel bad I've been dogging them day in and day out on the show. And VEASAN's own Adam Kramer is going to come talk a lot of college football with us to continue that conversation. But like we do every single day on the program, let's get started with our top five stories you need to know, things that impact us as betters. Starting with, what a freaking game for the Braves last night. I tried to tell you, people. I tried to tell you. Braves win game one of the World Series straight up 6-2 as plus 120 money line dogs in Houston. They lead the World Series now one game to none. Braves took an early lead in the game, and Jorge Soler First player to ever hit a home run in the first plate appearance of a World Series. And they went up 5-0 early thanks to a two-run shot from Duvall. But aside from the win, a notable loss as well. Unfortunately, starting pitcher Charlie Morton fractured his right fibula. And here's the crazy part. After he broke his leg, he threw 16 more pitches, which included a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. He also struck out Jose Altuve on the broken leg. He's done for the series now, unfortunately, a big loss for the Braves on the hill. 
Um, but what crazy stuff. Historically, MLB teams who take a 1-0 lead in a best-of-seven series gone on to win the set 64% of the time. Series price updated. Braves now from plus 130 yesterday for the series at minus 155. Astros plus 135. That percentage, by the way, from 64 jumps to 84% for the team if they go up two games to none in the series, making tonight that much more pivotal for game two. Braves expected to start Max Freed while the Astros counter with Jose Urquidy. Game two price, no plus money tonight, no fun. Uh, Braves minus 101, Astros minus 109. We'll get added insight once again when Ariel Epstein joins the show. Uh, number two on our list, I feel like the more I hear about the Deshaun Watson trade situation, just the more confused that I get. I don't really know. But here's what we do know. The latest on the situation, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle reported yesterday that compensation has been agreed to for Watson to go to the Miami Dolphins. The Texans should get, according to this report, three first-round picks like they've been asking for, but they might have to accept lesser picks than the second-rounder that their GM has been demanding lately. But the caveat is the Dolphins want everything to be worked out, their issues resolved um, with the league in terms of a potential suspension for Watson. And Roger Goodell doesn't really have a whole lot of answers for anybody. He just said they don't have the information necessary or the access to information necessary to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So what does this mean? Well, the belief is that he could play immediately if or when he's traded. Trade deadline coming up next Tuesday, November 2nd, 4 o'clock Eastern. And all the while, there are still weeks and potentially months to come of unknowns with regards to Deshaun Watson's 22 allegations of sexual misconduct and harassment. So those aren't going away. Um, I don't, it's a, it's a big risk, obviously, but one, it appears the Dolphins are willing to take. We'll see, it's still time to figure that out. Carolina Panthers, another team who has been mentioned heavily with involvement to Deshaun Watson. It was reported this morning, they are not expected ultimately to pursue the quarterback. Par for the course, mind you. Who do the Dolphins play next week? The Texans. Can't make this stuff up. Miami, seven point favorites on the look ahead. Number three, Today for our top stories, Devontae Adams is out for Thursday night football against the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals remain undefeated, the lone undefeated team in the league. He did not, or he will not rather, be on the flight to Arizona. Packers also have Alan Lazard confirmed to be out because he's unvaccinated and couldn't physically be cleared under the NFL guidelines in time for Thursday. Then on the Cardinals side, a big blow to their defense, J.J. Watt, expected not to play with a shoulder injury. Line opened up on this one, cards minus three, all the way now minus six and a half. So if you believe in the Packers with their wide receiver room on the outs, you can get that plus point. Number four, some more quarterback injury updates. We'll go from the wide receiver room to the quarterback room. For the Texans, Tyrod Taylor has officially returned to practice this week. Of course, he's been out since week two dealing with a hamstring injury, but this will open up his 21-day window since he's been on the injured reserve. Houston's lost every game without him playing the Rams this week. Double-digit 14-point dogs um, and it was a pretty promising start to the season with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Um, it would be a big boost to get him back sometime soon. Moving on to the Jets, head coach Robert Sala announced uh, announced earlier today rather that Mike White will in fact start this week against the Bengals. White came in in relief of the injured Zach Wilson last week after he went down with a strained PCL. White was 24, 32, 202 yards, a touchdown and two picks against the Patriots. Joe Flacco, of course, as we told you yesterday, was traded for and will surely get up to speed soon enough. Um, it'll be interesting to see though just how much of a, a leash they'll give Mike White before 
they return to Joe Flacco. Wilson is expected to be out two to four weeks. Jets 10.5-point dogs against Cincinnati. Another quarterback update, Browns, Baker Mayfield. He's saying the same thing he told us last week. There is absolutely a possibility, he tells reporters, that he will be able to play against the Steelers this week. So, you know, we'll see if the doctors and medical professionals agree with him. Said he feels noticeably better in the range of motion and strength in that non-throwing shoulder. Of course, he torn his labrum. Um, If not Mayfield, expect Case Keenum back in the fold once again. He helped the Browns get the win last week, 17-14 against Denver. Browns this week, three-and-a-half-point favorites hosting Pittsburgh on Sunday. Last one here for our top five Pro Bowl pass rusher Khalil Mack is expected not to play this week for the Bears against the San Francisco 49ers dealing with a foot injury. NFL media reported this morning that um, there's potential as well that he could be put on the short-term injured reserve list. Regardless, one week or three, a big blow to Chicago's defense. The former NFL Defensive Player of the Year hasn't practiced in recent weeks, but he hasn't missed a game so far. Leads the Bears with six sacks. San Francisco, four-point favorites in this one. Low total, 39-and-a-half. Lots of unders. Lots of unders with the Bears. All right, we're going to switch our attention now from football to the NHL. I know we don't get to talk about it a lot on the program, but I've got a lot of feelings. So a couple of my biggest takeaways from the NHL season so far over these first couple of weeks, starting with, as unfortunate as it is, like the Blackhawks, are a hot mess on the ice and off. So let's just start with the on ice piece of this because they're kind of like the Murphy's Law of hockey teams right now. 0-5-1, allowed the most goals in the league so far, have yet to take a lead in a single game. All right, this is a new NHL record, 360 minutes, 57 seconds without a lead. It's the longest stretch since 1971, their top three players, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Alex Dabrinkit, combined for just three goals in their opening six games and defensively allowing more than four goals per game. Not what you want to have, especially with the defending Vezina Trophy winner in your net and Marc-Andre Fleury. Been a really rough start for him since coming over to the Blackhawks. They were booed off their ice twice already this year at home. That should not be happening. And then off of the ice... For those of you that haven't really followed the NHL particularly closely, um, allegations of of sexual assault from the Blackhawks video coach back in 2010 on that Stanley Cup run. There's been a very deep investigation into this. That has led to their president of hockey operations, Stan Bowman, resigning yesterday. Also leaving the Blackhawks is Al McIsaac, um, who leads their hockey administration. The team is also set to be fined $2,000. So... A lot going into the Blackhawks right now. The only thing the only thing worth betting on the Blackhawks is that they're not going to reach that point total of 82 and a half. Uh, that's the only one worth value. It's at the under there is minus 130 um, to miss the playoffs. They're not, I mean, I don't see them making the playoffs with the hot mess that they've got. You see Jeremy Colleton hand a whiteboard into a huddle the other day and not even look at the group. I, that's That's not supposed to happen. Uh, another big takeaway is Connor McDavid is is Connor McDavid, everybody. He is on another level. Last year when he surpassed 100 points in a 56-game season, it, it felt like it was historic. It was something special. It certainly was, and he's continuing with it. The Oilers' captain is just a step above the rest of the league. I mean, he's opened the season 13 points in five games, 24 years old. He's just going to continue to get better. Um, could he go above his career high, 116 points? Certainly looks like he could. 
to win the Hart Trophy this year, plus 150 to be top goal scorer, plus 350. He's more of an all-around type player, um, points, goals, and assists. The only thing certain about the NHL to me right now, though, is uncertainty. And I created a little list here of just all of the conundrums and head scratchers that we have, starting with the Buffalo Sabres, better record than the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Seattle Kraken, better record than your Vegas Golden Knights, and the Florida Panthers have the best record in the NHL at this point, 6-0. Let's keep it going. Alexander Kerfoot is outscoring Mitch Marner on his own team in the Maple Leafs. That's no way should that ever happen. And the San Jose Sharks have one of the best goals against averages in the league through their open. I mean, they did get brought back down to earth these last two games after a hot 4-0 start. But what was going And that's without Evander Kane. Um, there's been a little bit of odds movement, too, just with regards to Stanley Cup futures we can get into real quickly. Um, the Golden Knights and Avs still, of course, uh, atop the list in terms of shortest odds. But both teams have been a little bit of a mess to start the year. They actually played each other yesterday. Golden Knights getting the better of that game. But for the VGK, they have been injury riddled, absolutely depleted. No Max Pacioretty, no Mark Stone. Those are two players who account for 40% of the Golden Knights scoring. Um, Alec Martinez is not out there. Alec Tuck's on IR. Shea Theodore is one of their best defensemen. Um, has not been playing like himself. So, we're go, we're go. But that's enough hockey for today. Thanks for bearing with me. Make sure you download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more at OddsTrader.com. On the other side of the break, Ariel Epstein, Yahoo Sportsbook. Stay with us. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to My Guys in the Desert. This segment presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and a hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide. So you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's Nicotine Pouches are clean and discreet, no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or out, making it perfect complement to your every day. Also, Zinn comes into strength, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and up. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Tony with you, my guys in the desert, live from Las Vegas. And a quick game of like, love, hate. Anytime touchdown edition for Thursday night football. My producer, Steph, gave me all the names on the list, and we're putting them. Do we like them? Do we love them? Do we hate them? Here are the guys that I love, okay? Aaron Jones, James Conner, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, and Robert Tanyan. Aaron Jones, of course, there's no value there. Minus 120. James Conner, though, plus 100. Cardinals go-to guy at the goal line. Six touchdowns this year. Take the plus money. Zach Ertz got in the end zone his first game with the cards, like him. A.J. Green, plus 225. Second most red zone targets for the squad after DeAndre Hopkins. The only reason DeAndre Hopkins is in my light category is because he hasn't participated at practice with a hamstring. I know he's kind of a a game-time decision. He's obviously their top red zone target. If he does play, I I don't just love him. I L-O-V-E him. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy. But if he's not, A.J. Green is my guy. Of course, without uh, Devontae Adams over there for the Packers, that shifts things around as well. So Robert Tanyan at plus 225 I think is interesting there in the love category. We're not going to talk about any of the guys I hate. Because I hate them. Haters. Let's bring in Ariel Epstein. All sports betting host and analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook can also be seen on MLB Network and NBA TV. Thanks for doing this, Ariel. October, I, I know that the, your Yankees aren't in it anymore, but October baseball, this has got to be like the best holiday time of year for you. I absolutely love October. You've got the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, my three favorite sports. In case people watch on video, I do have Yankees represented (laughs) behind me. I've got an Alex Rodriguez signed helmet. I've always got my team behind me. I'm just upset. It's okay. I've got a futures bet on the Atlanta Braves. I told you this yesterday. If the Braves can win the World Series with my 10 to 1 ticket, stormy, then I won't care about the Yankees not in it this year. Yeah, I can't even be mad that my 10 to 1 Giants ticket died because I'm stoked for you and the Braves and I'll have you know yesterday on the show 
I probably said that the Braves have Team of Destiny vibes like 50 times, so I'm glad I have another Braves backer here to help support the cause. What did you think, by the way, of Game 1? Game 1 was shocking. The Houston Astros have only lost Game 1 of a home series in the second half of the season three times. I thought the Astros were going to come out strong in the first game, then Atlanta would win game two. It's looking like that might be reversed tonight. Not in love with this pitching matchup, but last night seeing the Atlanta bats come to life, it gave me a lot of hope on that 10-1 World Series ticket because last year the problem for Atlanta in the playoffs was their bats. Their pitching was great. The pitching is great again this year. Their bullpen's been the best in the league. That's why I like Atlanta. I'm just a little nervous about this game, too, in Houston. Yeah, no question. Of course, they've got to stay out there in Houston for this one. Braves did win the first game 6-2, take that 1-0 lead in the series for the Braves' first win in the World Series since 1996. Greg Maddox, Vegas local on the mound back then. But here for game two, no plus money tonight, no fun. But you mentioned the pitching matchup, Max Freed against Jose Urquidy. Uh, if you don't have a lean on the game, I know you're somebody who loves going with those first five innings. So what do you have for us for the first five? It's crazy. So I mentioned to you before, the Houston Astros have only lost three different game ones at home this year in the second half of the season. That's why I'm looking to what happens in game two of those series. Well, in all three of those game twos that Houston lost game one, they won the first five innings in all three of those games. I'm going to take the Houston Astros on the money line in the first five innings. I could see them hitting Max Freed a bit because he has struggled against righties. The Astros are going to stack the top of their lineup with right-handed batters. I'm going with that first five money line in Houston. And like you mentioned, how dare the books? This is so rude. It's a World <laughs> Series and you're not giving us any plus money. That's just disgusting. It's just messed up. It grosses me out. I'm very frustrated. Are there any uh, props, though, that you like tonight? Yeah, there are a couple of props that I'm looking at. I did this crazy just like dive into these props about uh, the Astros against left-handed pitchers. It's a lefty on the mound today uh, for the Atlanta Braves and Max Freed. So that's why I'm looking to attack two hitters that have been so good against lefties. First, it's Yuli Gurriel, who Yuli Gurriel has had nine hits against lefties and six against righties. So the majority of his hits this postseason have been against left-handed pitchers. I'm going to take his over half a singles, and that's at minus 110. Majority of Gurriel's hits have been singles, whereas the next person I'm talking about, Jordan Alvarez, he's done really well against left-handed pitchers too. These are your top Houston Astros against lefties. Alvarez, I'm going with the over on his bases, one and a half total bases. That's because Alvarez isn't really a singles hitter as much as he just is getting hits all around. He gets singles, doubles, triples, home runs. That's why when I looked at Alvarez's numbers, I've seen that he's had four extra base hits against left-handed pitchers. Majority of his hits, 10 out of 16 hits in the postseason, have come against southpaws as well. Yet a lot of those have been doubles, triples, home runs. I'm just going with the over one and a half bases on Yardon Alvarez in this series uh, for tonight's game. I like going with the over. As uh, another of my esteemed colleagues here on the network says, we're going for human achievement and not against it. So that's always fun. Um, this We're not status. Right? <laughs> it's, it's just fun. It's just more fun to root for those things. Um, Braves went from plus 130 series value to minus 155 after the game one win. You can get plus money on the Astros now if you believe in them at plus 135. What about MVP? How are we feeling? 
MVP, I'm feeling okay after what I saw yesterday from the left fielder, Eddie at Rosario. He's just been the hottest player on this Atlanta Braves team. If I'm taking the Braves to win the World Series, I've got to take a Brave to win the MVP. <laughs> He's actually moved from 14 to 1 to now plus 900 in most places. Rosario has been the hottest hitter on the Braves. He's been hitting 425, 430, something along those lines in batting average in the postseason. He's gotten on base in every postseason game. Last night even made some great plays in the field. Rosario to be MVP, giving me those Corey Seager vibes from last year with the Los Angeles Dodgers, where Seager ended up leading the Dodgers in hits, RBIs. That's exactly what Rosario's doing this year. So much fun to watch. I love it. And yeah, wait, go you. 14 to 1, getting in early. Uh, Want to turn our attention to the NFL real quickly. Thursday night football, Packers at Cardinals. We all know what's been going on with the Packers and their COVID-19 issues. No Devontae Adams. Um, their wide receiver room just continues to have issues with COVID. Also, defensive coordinator Joe Brady. That line moved from three, three and a half, all the way up to six and a half. Anything that you like in the Thursday night football matchup? My best bet of the matchup is for DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver of the Cardinals, to go over 62 and a half receiving yards. Already seen it move to 65 and a half around other books for props. The reason I love this prop is because Hopkins is going up against a really banged up Green Bay Packers secondary. Jair Alexander, their cornerback, out. Kevin King, cornerback, out. If you look back to the last few weeks for the Packers, they've been allowing for a few deep balls to be thrown. In the last three weeks, you've had two number one wide receivers go over 100 receiving yards. The Bengals wide receiver, Jamar Chase, and the Washington football team receiver, Terry McLaurin, both had over 100 receiving yards in their matchups. I'm going with the number one guy on the Arizona Cardinals, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Girl, I just had a little bit of anxiety, though, because of this game time decision talk, you know? Well, if you don't want to go with the Hopkins prop because you are nervous, which in football and injury reports, if he's out, then most likely you get your ticket voided. Sometimes they just like to scare some defenses into thinking maybe we don't have this game against one of the best wide receivers to ever happen to football. If that's the case, then the other prop that I like is for the wide receiver A.J. Green of the Cardinals to go over his longest reception prop of 20 and a half yards. He's gone over this number in all but one game this year. Plus, as much as I like Rondell Moore, the other wide receiver on this team, I like his longest reception prop too. But the difference between the two of them, A.J. Green's gone over the number more in addition to A.J. Green getting about one or two catches more a game than you'll see Rondell Moore get. I'll go Green over 15 and a half yards longest reception. I love me a longest reception prop. Green over 20 and a half. Good stuff. And then I see here also, you're liking the Packers. You're back in the plus points with the spread, six and a half. If I had to pick a side, I'm going with the <laughs> Packers plus six and a half. Still trying to wait on it because I've seen in some other books it's gone to seven. If I could grab a seven, I'd love that. There's going to be overreactions to the losses of both wide receivers in Green Bay and Devontae Adams and uh, Alan Lazard. Green Bay has gone 6-0 and without Devontae Adams, with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. I'm not going to overreact to the news. It was a three-point move almost on the Adams news. It's overreaction. Love it. Thank you so much for the time, Ariel. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Stormy. Good luck with the rest of the hour. Thanks, and good luck to your bets. Can't wait to... Head down to the books after this and make another wager or two. When we come back here on the program, Jeff Schwartz is going to join us, former NFL offensive lineman, Fox bet analyst and NFL analyst for Fox Sports. He also covers the Pac-12 on SiriusXM. Plus, which teams are finally going to go under? We'll tell you next. 
My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh city casts are up and running. And check out the LA city cast with Danielle Alvari. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, live from Las Vegas, I'm Stormy Bond and Tony. Time for Over It. Basically, which teams that are out here in the NFL that apparently just hate hitting the over are finally going to get it done this week? Let's take a look. Steelers, 1-4-1 and one, four and one this year um, at the Browns, 42.5 total here. Um, I No, I'm going no. I don't think they're going to do it again. I mean, Baker or not, Browns offense has just been a little bit odd. Even if he does come in there and he's dealing with the injury, he's not going to be himself. 17-14 last week against the Broncos with Case Keenum. It's a no for me, dog. How about the Bears? Bears against the 49ers. Total is low, 39 and a half. I just think this is going to be such an ugly game. I hate it. Bears 1 and 6. Uh, oh, my gosh. They've only hit the over once this year. 39 and a half. Nope. I still just I don't think they're going to do it. The 49ers have been struggling offensively. Don't know what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, last week was ugly. I know it was in the rain, but still, I think we got another rough one. Seahawks. Versus the Jaguars, total 43 and a half. <laughs> one and five. What are these spreads that you're giving me, Stephanie? Um, yeah, I hate that one too. We've got to have one. There, okay, give me one more. Chargers have only gone over the total once this year. Total 48 and a half. I like this over. Finally, you've given me something to work with. I don't think the Chargers are going to put up six points again anytime soon, especially this week coming off a of bye playing a Patriots defense that's, I mean, only really stacked up well against one good offense this year, and it was the Bucks, and you've got the Belichick-Brady situation. So, uh, yeah, I like this one. I like that over. Every other offense they've played, score's been lopsided, 28, 35. Meanwhile, Mac Jones looked a lot better, too. Yeah, I think both sides can score. Let's do it. Time now to be joined by Jeff Schwartz, former longtime NFL offensive lineman, Fox Sports NFL analyst. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. I mean, can you believe those totals? They were all grossing me out. I feel like all those are going to go under except for one. Yeah, I I love unders because they typically cash better than overs, right? Like, I rarely, like, I'm betting my first over this weekend in the Pac 12 conference. I haven't done it all season. I just, I think overs are just, everyone's playing, you know, all the public's playing them. And sometimes teams just can't score. Like, that's a, there's a reason why the total is 39 because both offenses suck. Like, what do you, like, that's, play sometimes i hate i like i hate betting for teams not to score though like i want points so i try to find the situations where you can bet for the over what's the one in the pac-12 though you're looking at uh i like oregon state cal over uh it's 55 um oregon state is number one in the country in rushing success cal's eighth in the country in rushing success both defenses are kind of putrid um i think this is like uh and this is not a game where you know, it's like both teams run the ball with no success. They both run the ball very well. And um, I think this is a, a like a 500-yard rushing game combined, and each team's in the 30s. So I, I know we're here to talk primarily NFL today, but since we're starting off with a little college here, the Golden Bears almost upset your Oregon Ducks not too long ago, a couple weeks ago on a Friday night. And I feel bad because on this show, I feel like every week, 
I'm bringing the Ducks in here as like my overrated team or a don't believe the hype or whatever <laughs> it is. They're ranked number seven in the country. I feel like because of the win that they had at Ohio State and Ohio State's looking just better and better this year, that they're having everything rely on this one win. Are they that good? Well, I guess the question is, like, what type of game are they playing, right? Because um, I called them last week uh, glory hounds, right? Like, they play really well in big games. If you look at, at the career, uh, you know, the history of Mario Cristobal at Oregon, whenever it's like a Washington who's our rival and most often they're ranked, whether it's the Rose Bowl, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's the Auburn game, whether it's, a, you know, we play USC at the Paco Championship game or last weekend, College Game Day, Los Angeles, National TV slot, guess what? We showed up. Yeah, we started slow, down 14 nothing. They went on a 34-3 to run. Like, and obviously, Anthony Brown tried his best to throw the game away. But like, we played better in these big games. And so like, I'm not worried about this. They could play Colorado this weekend. I, I took the under in that game. But, um, you know, then they go to Washington. So I'm not, they'll play well. And the, the game that I, I worry about is Washington State at home the following week before they go ahead to Utah. Like, that's kind of a trap game. And, um, look, they haven't played the opponents that Ohio State's about to play, right? They have Penn State coming up, then Michigan State, then Michigan. Um, so, but they're winning games. I mean, most important to win, right? Style points obviously matter in college more than not. But I will, in any big game, Oregon is ready to play. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that, there's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of the other games, are they as focused? Yeah, I will say one thing from the couple games that I've covered of Oregon this year is that resiliency and no panic is certainly something that they do have on their side. I do want to get into the NFL, though, because you are like the one person on the planet right now that still believes in the Chiefs. You have not written them off. I got to know, what is it about Kansas City that still has you on their side despite the start that they've had? Well, I'm not betting them minus 10 on Monday night. I mean, like, that doesn't mean that I, I would stay in that spot. That's what um, I said. That double-digit <laughs> spread made me want to gag. It was like, why are well, the Chiefs double-digit favorites over anybody right now? Well, think about this. Okay, entering the Titans, uh, the Titans game, they were number one in the NFL in points per drive, number one in you know, uh, scoring opportunities, uh, number, you know, number two in efficiency rankings. And then they were number one in the NFL and drives ended in a turnover, right? They turned the ball over. They have 17 turnovers so far this year. They're on pace for 41 turnovers over 17 games. They've never had one season under Andy Reid over 20 turnovers. Like, they're not going to keep turning the ball. Everyone says, well, why haven't they stopped doing it? I don't know. But, you know, pro football focus ranks, uh, you know, grades kind of turnover-worthy plays. And Pat Mahomes has a hell of them. Like, they just have had some bad luck, right? Balls going through wide receivers' hands. Balls being tipped up in the air, and and you know, and, and a guy in the Chargers, uh, Sante Samuel Jr., like dives full head out and catches the ball. Like they've had this weird plays happen to them, and that's what that's what happens sometimes. You have bad, you bad turnover luck. If they don't turn the ball over, they're going to score forty five points this on, on on Monday night. Like I just, it's so funny to me. Like they, we, their deal, their offense was fine. They have one bad game, and people are like ready to tear their organization apart. Like, come on, guys. It's one, they played one bad game on offense so far this year. Uh, I just think it's really silly how we talk about them. Um, their defense is an issue. Look, Pat Mahomes is not playing as well as he should. He knows it. They know it. Uh, there's some pressing things there. He's kind of pressing too much and reverting back to bad mechanics. Um, but like, it's just I, – I, it's like everyone was waiting to, to write this Chiefs team off like it was some fluke the last three years in three straight AFC Championship games. Like, they're a real good football team. They played one bad game on offense in, like, the last three and a half seasons. Why are we writing them off? 
Well, I think that a big reason for that is just because of all the expectations coming into the season, right? Like how many pundits did you hear out there talking about, oh, well, the Kansas City Chiefs could probably go 17-0 this year, yada, yada, yada. But we've reached the point this season where Patrick Mahomes can't overcompensate for the defense's issues. And if he's off or the offense is a little bit off or not themselves, it's game over. Right, but that's that's what they've kind of been the last couple yeah. of years. At least at least last year, when Pat Holmes covered up a lot of what they did, but they were rightfully the favorites in the AFC conference. I mean, I don't know how you would you would say they weren't. And obviously, it's shown this year that they've run into turnover problems. Defense hasn't been as good. I mean, there are definitely roster deficiencies on the team. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year. But I go back to this: if they're the seven seed, and let's say right now, I don't think the Bengals say the one seed, but the Bengals are the one seed right now. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is the two, and Tennessee's the three. If you're the seven seed. Excuse me, if you're the, the, the two seed, if you're Buffalo, are you looking forward to Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming into your place in January to play a playoff game? Like, are you like, wow, we got the, the bum Chiefs offense. Let's go. <laughs> no, you're terrified of the Chiefs, right? Like, come on. So, okay, I'll give you that. That's the best that's argument fine. that I've heard. That's the best argument that I've heard. I will give you that is an excellent point. But, yeah, when you get to postseason time, if they do make the playoffs, then, yeah, that's still not a team that you would want to play. I am very high on the Lions getting their first win of the season this week. Are they doing it? Yes, I love it. And it's three and a half. Um, And then, hook. I I took this on my podcast today. We we recorded it for our Super Contest picks. Um, I I love this. I love this. Look, the Lions um, are very close, obviously. And I play on bad teams. Well, really one bad team. And – you can kind of sense when you're going to win a game. And this feels like if the Lions are looking at the game this week, and they're like, guys, we have a great chance to win, right? The Eagles aren't very good. They're not playing very well. We're back home. Um, this is a game we can do. This is a game we win. And I think that that mindset where the kid, I don't know why the Eagles are three and a half point favorites on the road. The Eagles, the Eagles aren't any good. Why, why are they? I don't get it. And the hook, I'm all over the lines. I love this. We are on the same page. I love it so much. Was that that one bad team you were on? Was that the, the Panthers team? Was it that one? Yeah, so the 2010 Panthers team, yeah. We were 2-14. It was not good. Ugh, no not ideal. Not ideal. Not, and especially with such a, which is a stellar offensive lineman, no less. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate the time. You're the best. Thank you. All right, take care, bud. Once again, that's Jeff Schwartz. Fox Sports NFL analyst, Fox Bet. You can also catch him on Pac-12 Today, Sirius XM Radio. And when we come back, guys, it's time for revenge. Or is it? You'll see what I'm talking about when we come back. Also, VEASAN's own Adam Kramer joins the show. We're talking college. Don't go anywhere. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Sports Betting National Championships coming up November 5th through the 7th, and VSIN will provide coverage from the main event all weekend long, including live on-location updates for all the action. Visit vcin.com slash SBNC for more information. Learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills and win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. A million dollars, people. That's vcin.com slash SBNC. As we welcome you back here to My Guys in the Desert, Stormy Bond and Tony, live from Las Vegas at Circa Sportsbook, and it is time for the revenge game. Will these teams or players get revenge on the teams that did them dirty or are their former teams? Starting with Jameis Winston taking on his former team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints plus five and a half, hosting the Bucks, total 50. You know, strange things tend to happen in the NFC South, but I'm sorry to tell you this isn't going to be one of them. The Bucks have dismantled nearly everybody they've played. This shouldn't be any different. Saints secondary is good. Pass rush isn't going to handle give Tom Brady any issues, though. My only real question is, will Jameis himself make enough plays against his former team to at least keep it interesting? You know, some nights we've seen this offense be anemic. Some nights he goes, you know, all out. He's incredible. It's very Jekyll and Hyde. I don't think so, though. It's a no for me on this one. Steelers taking on the team that knocked them out of the postseason last year in the Browns. And this one, I think, yes. Steelers plus three and a half at the Browns, total 42. Mike Tomlin this week hasn't formally rehashed the January playoff loss, called it low-hanging fruit to talk about, but it's a factor to just about everybody that watched the game. And the guys in the locker room, they've talked about it, make no qualms about it. They are motivated coming off a bye, back-to-back wins coming into it. Browns are banged up. 
They did still squeak out a win last Thursday. Uh, the Browns did rather. I like the Steelers here, though. 11-4 and four against the spread. Their last 15 games as road dogs. And I like the under in that one, as I mentioned earlier. Hunter Henry against his former team in the Chargers. Say yes and no. Uh, Patriots plus six in the game. Total 49. I don't like the Patriots to win this game. But I think Hunter Henry has a very good day. Henry's got a touchdown in four straight games. Now feed him the rock for another. I just feel like the Chargers are going to score at will in this one. Patriots will get theirs too offensively, but they got to go cross country. Used up a used up a lot of offense last week. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Chargers off a bye, healthy, energized. Feels like a letdown spot. Time to bring in Vsin Zone Adam Kramer, also of Bleacher Report in the No Punts Allowed podcast at Kegs and Eggs. Give him a follow as I do. We're going to turn our attention to college football here, Adam, because nobody has a better write-up for this week's slate than you. And I want to talk about this Michigan-Michigan State matchup. I lo- we're talking about, you know, revenge. That's, that's what these games are all about, rivalry week. I love it. Yeah, this game, go back some years, and it ended on with a broken hip and a blocked punt, right? I mean, that, this game is in the series has been wild. And it's wild to me, and in the best way possible, that these two teams are undefeated, mm-hmm. and this has playoff and obviously conference implement, uh, implications. So, but when I look at this game, when we talk about this, most of the time it's you know contrarian opinion. When you just look at what these two teams do, Michigan does everything just a little bit better, and it's done everything a little bit better against better competition. Now you can argue that maybe Kenneth Walker is the best player in this game for Michigan State, but when I have watched that Michigan State offense, and you can contain him, obviously it's a bit of a struggle. They struggled against Indiana. They should have lost against Nebraska. You know, the narrative of Jim Harbaugh appears to be changing. Not saying Michigan's a perfect team, and these are the kinds of games that have really tortured Jim Harbaugh's existence. I think that changes, honestly, this week. I think Michigan is a significantly better team unless they find a way to Michigan this thing, which is highly possible, right? I mean, that's like, let's be honest with ourselves. I just think they're better at everything they do, and I really love that defense. So I like Michigan. I like them to win this game by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, I love it. If Michigan Michigan's this thing, there's always a chance. But this yes, is... and they may. And I may come back next week and say, I'm sorry. I said it was possible, and I lost my bet. No, no, no. Uh, see, the thing that I was really looking at in this game, actually, I feel like when two quality teams run into each other good defense as you said i feel like it kind of tends to gravitate toward the under so i looked at the total in this game more than a side i kind of liked the under you think that's a bad play no i mean this should be a meat grinder of a football game i i don't think there's going to be a ton of explosive plays unless they come off of turnovers or oddities so no i'm kind of with you there you know this could be kind of a weird and gross week in the big 10 and that's not necessarily a bad thing I, it is maybe if you're going to watch the Iowa Wisconsin game, but I think ultimately this could be certainly feel out as a low scoring but still competitive game for a while. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to gloss over the Iowa Wisconsin thing real fast to go to Ohio State Penn State, a game that obviously you know lost a good bit of its luster when Penn State Penn Stated it up right against Illinois nine yeah. overtime last week. What a head, oh my god! What a head scratcher that was. I'll never understand. But now, okay. Back-to-back losses for the Nittany Lions headed into the horseshoe. Buckeyes are playing their best of the season right now. The number 18 and a half. It's a huge number. It's a huge number. And, 
it's hard to argue with. I, I thought the biggest takeaway, other than Penn State looking completely just neutralized and unable to do much of anything, was just Sean Clifford looking really injured. And as much as James Franklin wants to say that he's 100%, I don't see it. I, I really, really don't. It, I, think it's, I think it's a really big problem for them. And, and also, I'm not one to go all narrative on you, but James Franklin's handling of a potential future job this week has kind of been a disaster. Mm-hmm. When he says he's focusing on Illinois rather than Ohio State, and I, I look, I, I guess that would be hard. If somebody's asking me about that on like a daily or hourly basis, I probably wouldn't handle it well either. I wonder if that will impact this much at all or if it matters. And Ohio State, with a young quarterback that's gotten better and a defense that looks really improved and a home field advantage that is just supremely good, if they're just going to win this game by like 30 points. And that feels possible. If this game was in Happy Valley, I'd probably feel a little bit differently. But where it is and how these two teams are playing there, like literally, momentum-wise, could not be any different. Yeah, potentially a, another bad look on the horizon for Penn State. Ohio State, by the way, covered their last four games, outscoring opponents in that time, 231-44. to A couple of interesting matchups in the SEC. My favorite game coming up here is the two top 25 teams, number 10 Ole Miss at number 18 Auburn. Pair of top 20 teams in the SEC. Looks like a fun one. And also, fun fact grown some hostilities over the years. The road team has covered in this one seven straight meetings. If you don't know, now you know. Wow, I did not know. And that, you know, not good for me who likes Auburn. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, we've talked about it. Like Bo Nix is not a player. He is an experience for, for Auburn. I mean, it really is. But the experience, even though there's a handful of dropbacks each game, which if you bet Auburn, make you want to like jump through the nearest window, he's been pretty good. And I think what's also impressed me is I think the defense has played pretty well. The game against Arkansas, even I thought Georgia, they played were largely competitive against. And I, Ole Miss is an interesting one. Now, credit to last week, weird circumstances. They play LSU at Orgeron in this kind of walking dead mentality has been productive in the past. Not so much this week. This just has a little bit of a different feel to it. And Ole Miss is often. Matt Corral obviously been a little bit banged up. When you run him 30 times a game, the fact that they've had to run him 30 times a game, which they did against Tennessee, not a good thing. I like Auburn here. Auburn, to me, has kind of grown on the bit as the season progressed. And again, as long as Bo Nix continues to walk this tightrope that he has, I think they have a chance to win this game and do so, you know, hopefully by more than two and a half points. Hey, and you're not alone in that either. We had Cole Kubelik of SEC Network. I know he is an Auburn alum, former offensive lineman and captain, but he had Auburn taking it over Ole Miss as well. I have to ask you about this San Diego State Aztecs team. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. But this week, they are taking on Fresno State, uh, virtually a pick that we have here in this one. And for that top spot in the Mountain West West Division, what are you liking for San Diego State, Fresno State? First off, are we going to talk about how many like drops Air Force had in that game? And like, we're not here to make passed. excuses, Adam. Okay, we're here I, to pick winners. I, That's all I'm saying. I, I'm just saying, I it was when they dropped that wide open bomb to start. I I should have just shut it off because I knew <laughs> I was getting into it. Both these teams, frankly, have given me some fits uh, over the year, and Fresno State really, really interesting and. You know, San Diego State offensively, I, that's, that's where I worry about in this game. The defense is obviously really good, but you look the last couple of weeks, 39 points against pretty good teams. 
kind of lean Fresno. I, I feel like now I'm taking on this persona of just betting against San Diego State every week until I, until that you know works out for me. Look, it hasn't worked out well. They've lost what two games against the spread all year. I bet against them. I think at least more than two times and lost. Fresno State, though, I just think has a little bit more pop offensively, and I, I think it'll show here. It's an interesting line, interesting game. No, very interesting game in the Mountain West. Number 21, San Diego State against Fresno State. Thank you, Adam. Really awesome stuff, as always. Appreciate you coming on and having some fun with us. Of course. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Make sure you check out Adam Kramer's article on vsin.com, a better's guide to college football week nine, available now. And hit the vsin.com slash subscribe to get all of our insider content. Thanks for a fun show, guys. My guys in the desert, as always, that is a wrap. But stay on Visa and the Sports Betting Network Rush Hour coming up next. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.